Welcome to the Xterra Podcast. The Xterra mission is to explore and discuss the business of space and its effect on the national and global economy, as well as life on Earth. How does what happens in space affect your life every day? That's what we're exploring on the Xterra website, as well as on this podcast. My guest is Nino Marcantonio, founder and deputy director for the Defense Technology Innovation Program. Nino, thank you for joining me. Pleasure is all mine. Let's talk about your background first. How did you come to found the Defense Technology Innovation Program, or DTIP? Um, in 2017, I was uh, brought into the Pentagon uh, to do some uh, work on a, on a contract at the Office of the Secretary of Defense, PNR Readiness, um, under the Force Education and Training. Uh, and I was, I was tasked to uh, bring in innovations uh, and look at the how to modernize the uh, uh, the current operations, uh, uh, the Mondus operandi um, of how uh, we were doing innovations and how we were assessing those technologies. And um, we were tasked to figure out how to uh, uh, bring in innovation faster. So I began working um, uh, across the uh, multiple senior leadership that I was uh, that I had access to and began collaborating uh, via uh, uh, different future tech forums that were that were that I had identified throughout the uh, department. Uh, then we began working on uh, uh, collaborations, which turned into uh, uh, into something called a public-private partnership. And uh, we fast forwarded uh, uh, two three uh, years later, uh, and we have uh, compiled uh, presentations and rapid capability assessments in person in the Pentagon. And in a virtual meeting, set form, and and uh, into testing and evaluations of different types of technologies throughout the years, um, we brought in about 85 revolutionary concepts. Some have gone uh, uh, places. Uh, some have, have have been evaluated, have put on pause. Some have have been uh, 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 starting to work on development and opportunities uh, into our R and D space. Uh, we look for. Uh, technologies that are on the revolutionary side, the emerging convergency uh, of technologies that are that are so rapidly being uh, uh, discovered. Uh, we are we are a, a a bridge program where we we scout in the wild. So that means whatever we find through our tech advisories, which are comprised of multiple strategic alliances that we build strategically uh, around the world. We do a lot of work. Uh, Australia, we do. We, we work with a lot of European, uh, Nordic countries. Uh, uh, U.S. of course is our is our is our main hub, but we, we keep a close eye on everything that is happening in the air, land, sea, and space. Cyber, uh, it's pretty broad. We do tackle we do tackle a pretty big um, 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 array of, of capabilities, but that's what we are tasked to do. And senior leadership uh, has been buying in uh, as of as of uh, as of late because uh, we are sponsored by policy. We're partnered with policy and, and, and policy has a big mission to help uh, in acquisition sustainment, sustainment, uh, research and engineering, you know, Navy, all the all the R and D shops around the Pentagon that like to join a forum, like to see what's happening. We we can we can help them comparably find a technology to fit in a, a future requirement. So then what's the primary function of DTIP as it relates to space? 
So we, because because space is so interrelated, right now with the 2017, there was a space force. Actually, uh, my director Thomas Van Hare was one of the early, uh, uh, the one of the early uh, 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 people that was uh, describing uh, to you know the uh, um, when he was under Rumsfeld uh, working at it was the SecDef. It was one of the 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 early founders of of starting to put together why we should have a space force. Of course, that was a little bit early at the time in the you know the 2000. Uh, four to six era, uh, you know, you have to fast forward 10 years later, but uh, space is interrelated to everything that we do because the technologies that are in space are directly impacting our national security. So we work extensively on, you know, propulsion systems. In fact, this morning before, before we came here, we, we, we had, uh, we had did a quick scan on a technology that can revolutionary is revolutionary in potential in, in, in uh, propulsion systems. So that's that's coming out of somebody who's been working with, with DARPA and, and it has something that is extremely important for us to escalate to senior leadership in the near future. Oh, as far as uh, keep talking about space, well, we we don't discriminate uh, that are actually we, we, we are building um, through many different types of associations and partnerships. You know, you're getting ready for the 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 the, the enhancement of, of of space economy, and this is also how we've met. You know, uh, through through our friends or Stellar Model Association, <clears throat> uh, that it is very important to uh, for us as the DTEP, as the Defense Technology Innovation Program LLC, to identify technologies that are impacting you know the space force as well, because Air Force Space Force. I mean. Now, just because now they have the office that you know stood up, and you know there's a, a space development agency, and and and, and there's there's things that are directly in relate in relation to uh, 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 combating um, um, you know the, the the space dominance, which is right. which is really on us. What's your evaluation criteria, you know, for the technologies that are submitted to your program? Uh, <clears throat> So we have we have a tech advisor about uh, about thirty plus senior uh, executives outside of the government uh, on the public side. So uh, usually folks like uh, ex you know de uh, deputies, assistants, secretaries of the Navy, usually people that have that have you know extensive background on each capability that we bring in. So how it works is if I have, for instance, someone in artificial intelligence that has something novel, we will go ahead and gather uh, the, that this is really what the DTIP does well. We will go after, we have, we have, we, we measure the innovators that are innovating the leaders in AI. So for example, Google is, is a leader. We look at the people that have patents that are, that are, that, that we're doing things a little bit differently than Google or, or, or that Amazon or then the NVIDIA of the worlds are, 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 are implementing. So what we do is our, our strategy is, is to find those innovators that can innovate them because the commercial sector has gone, has gone very fast lately. And we use that strategic knowledge and, and experience and expertise to come around early and assess those technologies. Then we run them through our loop through senior leadership so we get feedback early to see if something is there interesting. We comparably see what's happening already internally in the ecosystem of the R&D communities. And this is where really the, 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 the DTIP does things differently. And, and when we do the presentation, that takes us about two to three months to, to prep up, 
that's where we really work closely with the company. So we optimize that presentation to for that future requirement or to enhance and you know leapfrog something that we already doing it. So the uh, the benchmark is faster, cheaper, better, right? So we find something you can do it faster. Not necessarily all the time you can find that because it's usually you need to really invest in you know uh, a a, a technology that is high risk, high reward. Right now we're going towards that, but usually if you can, we can also find some new models in you know the, the improving a process and acquiring that technology. That's something that we would look at closely. The technology in itself is uh, the the technical readiness levels, and you know you have all sorts of readiness levels for a company. We look at that, but we don't. We unfortunately, <laughs> innovation is something that is most of the time is not really pretty and packaged beautifully. You might have a guy in a garage creating, you know, the next Terminator, right. <laughs> you know, a Skynet. <laughs> so I always say that because we've had a couple of those guys that, wow, if this is real, the government comes back to us and say, oh my God, you know, we need to keep a close eye on this guy. So we kind of like, it's also like, you know, in a, the way of, of uh, you know, uh, uh, sur surveilling and, and scouting, assessing what's happening in real time, we bring it in, not necessarily, we, you know, we are not lobbyists, right? So what we do is we kind of show, because of the of the fast moving parts outside of the, uh, you know, inside the commercial sector, we try to bring in technologies that have a good chance to compete with the ones that we're already developing. Because, you know, because we might, you know, we, we're not saying uh, whatever we bring in is absolutely the one to go with, we more want to just give the government a good a situational awareness on that technology. DCHIP is really bullish on public-private partnerships. You know, what is the, the importance of those public-private partnerships for companies that are involved in space commerce? Um, it's actually very critical as you see that uh, how I, uh, the public-private partnership, I see it as, like I said, we, we're a very small unit. So we, we, the micro-public-private partnership that, that we are enabling is really giving the, breaking down the barrier of identifying technologies at, at the speed of relevance, at the speed of, 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 of what we need it. So if we identify something and we need to move on it, the public-private partnership enables us to use mechanisms which are with non-traditional uh, partners, right? So that's really where the, the innovation might take place. And the way that we've been doing it for 50 years, in a way, uh, we are we're, we're still a little bit stuck. Well, we're, we're we're making great progress, you know, with with our with our policies that are that are changing in acquisition, taking uh, adaptive uh, 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 acquisition, you know, frameworks into into account, using the CSO, which is the commercial solutions agreements, the OTAs. Those are extremely important tools that the acquisition uh, uh, workflow uh, workforce needs to really a be up reskilled in so people know actually that they have those options to bring those technologies in faster and that can be also a service that can be a product that can be just changing the way that they're doing business so it, it's all really like to me is a team of team concept having many different um uh, uh players working around that public private partnership so let's say that the DTIP works with uh 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 the uh, 15 companies those 15 companies are linked up to of another 50 companies, and they're associated with uh, 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 another uh, uh, 200 uh, associations. So the ripple effect that I can have, it's a neural network that I create. Now, mm -hmm. I'm in a very, very good position because the Office of Secretary of Defense Policy hosts our presentations. 
and we have a relationship that's built in over 30 years and we've had success. Um, and that's really what the public-private partnership is, is we are helping the government find these technologies faster and we create that value by a simple doing that that work with the companies outside bringing them in it's extremely important to multiply the effect right and, and it, it's really not just technologies and it's not just space so when you're talking about space you're talking about navy it's interrelated because everything that space touches is, is directly impacting our lives so yeah, there's no, there's no. I see. I really don't see space or or maybe Air Force being any. They're integrated in there. We we're trying to create more interoperability. Also, I've done a great job working with NASA, bringing in some of their innovations over the of the last couple of years that were that were that were identified as something that we could use. You know, stealthy quantum communication systems. You know, new types of energy uh, uh, capabilities. <laughs> All sorts of fantastical stuff that actually now is. You know, uh, uh, as as this decade, I think it's absolutely the most critical in our history of our of our nation, but all in the history of mankind. Who gets things right now can really deter war for the future, also prevent it, and you know all everything that comes around it. Space is going to be a huge, uh, uh, you know, we call it the wall space, right? Uh, it's going to look <laughs> like that, and, and you know what what really space force it will stood up to do is to is to put some order in that because. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a free for all. So there's been the tenants out there, you know, that have come out, and, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of movement around how do we how do we deal with you know space debris? How do we deal with uh, peer competitors, satellites, satcons, uh, and it's all it's all gonna affect us in one way or the other if we don't manage it right. So it's all about mitigating space risk. And that's how I see it. The technologies are all out there and everything is converging. So uh, the better connected we are and understanding and really the biggest thing for us is to really uh, uh, try to educate. We gather all the all the capabilities outside of the, of the Pentagon that, that's happening really fast. Bring that knowledge inside and make really better decisions based on that knowledge. So it sounds to me like we all know that Washington deals in silos. Everything has its own little compartment, but it sounds to me like part of what you're trying to do is break down those silos. Exactly right. The strategy early on, um, we actually went over this yesterday and we had some senior leadership come in, you know, at the, at the, at the general level, uh, at the brigadier general level, at the admiral level, uh, they came in and spoke about, you know, the, the impact. What's really important is gathering people around the table to form a coalition of the willing. So it's, it's breaking down those barriers, which is kind of hard, right? Everybody's kind of, it's, I, I call it a healthy competition. Because the way that you can be, you know, if you understand what's happening around you at the Navy and the Army and the Air Force, make it a joint venture, a joint effort. You start to see a lot more of that happening because of, you know, the joint all command control. We want to be integrated, working together, interoperable. That's ideally what we're trying to draw with every little, you know, chipping away at innovation. It's not so much the innovation. It's more of changing the culture that is the hardest thing to do at the moment within any sort of government, any sort of, of uh, you know, change, right? Change is great, but change is not easy because, you know, you have the, you have the ranks, right? So in, in, in the Pentagon, I've had the blessing to be able to uh, befriend or showcase what my capabilities have been to see your leadership. And I just started chipping away how I can help, like chip away, chip away, chip away. This, co this collaboration, this one, let's grab this one. Let's work together with this one. 
before you know it, you have 50 organizations coming around sending, you know, 300 of their representatives to any given time. The, uh, the exclamation point to me, when I knew we were doing something right, well, there's really a couple, couple, couple instances, but the one that was really a big one was, you know, a, a rapid capability assessment of one technology. And we brought it into the Pentagon in two months through senior leadership meditation, because you have to merit the technology. You have to say, okay, next step. Right. So you always got to go through that. So that can move fast in two months, getting six generals around the table with the White House, DARPA, IARPA, ODNI, leadership, the uh, DITRA, Defense Threat Reduction Agency. Those uh, guys, when you can do that, that's powerful because it's not easy to get these people around the table. Now, regardless if you got the technology or not, you were able to merit it. And then whoever wants to work with that, somebody has to take that risk on. Because the guy was very hard to deal with. So, oh, no, I really wanted to move on it, right? So the senior leadership there uh, that came, you know, we want to work with this guy. But the guy was a nightmare to work with. <laughs> so he's working with the Brits now. <laughs> but, 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 but here's the thing. You bring these things in and you're like, well, okay, where's the trade-off? Where's the trade-off? The trade-off is who's going to willing to, you know, break, break the mold on that, right? Because, you know, you have programs, right? PO offices. You have, you have people that have that have that have their careers based on a pro program's you know schedule cost performance. We need to get away from that 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 long program approach in the government because if we don't, we 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 you know the 1980s the way that we were fighting the war against the Russians it's totally different as China. So we need to adjust to what our peer competitors are doing and we're doing it. And I, I am so blessed because I have the senior leadership that's driving that change. That is patting me on the back with bold action. The bold action is not so much what Nino is doing. It's what Nino is asking people to do by asking questions. You ask the questions and the problems, and then you get enough of these senior leaders. Like, oh, my God, this makes sense. They need to take bold course of action. It's not me. I, I can't dictate it. I can only present it. I can compare it. And then they they, they got to do they got to do what they got to do as senior leaders. So we're also you know the the, the strengthening the SES uh, through reskilling and you know we have so many projects going on. It's not just technology or space. It's really encompassing a lot of different things uh, uh, in in the realm of what's coming. What are the trends on future exponential technologies that are converging? It's happening so fast that I can't keep up. I need a little brain machine plug into my head to to upload me. <laughs> You know, to give me all this information, I can't keep up. You know, you see me sharing stuff on LinkedIn. People are like, "Ah, this guy's sharing likes it." No, those things that I share and like are all developments that are happening all around us, all across the globe with my network that are senior, uh, you know, revolutionary folks across the the whole of government, the whole of academia, the whole of the world. I'm talking with Nino Marcantonio, founder and deputy director of the Defense Technology Innovation Program, or DTIP. We'll talk more with Nino in just a moment, but first, why not click subscribe right now to be sure you don't miss any of our podcasts, or if you're watching on YouTube, any of the videos from Xterra, the Journal of Space Commerce. Nino, recently Russia tested an apparent anti-satellite weapon, which forced the temporary repositioning of the International Space Station. What was the significance of that test? Well, from, from what I know, the Russians are not really playing any sort of, they're, they're doing things out like they're doing with everything else right now. They're always testing their limits and they're no, no different in space, right? So you see it in Ukraine, 
You see what they're doing you know, with the buildup. Um, Russia is not our friend, and they've always been our, our, you know. And right now with this, with this, with this race, you know, coming down upon us in space, it's kind of a place of saying, okay, what's the U.S. kind of going to do about it? So it's always like a kind of a testing of where we stand and how we can cross. China's doing the same thing in the South China Sea. So yeah, for that one, the big problem there is it's caused a huge problem of you know, debris that, that, that those things fly at, you know, just imagine that, you know, a bullet, uh, flying through, uh, you know, uh, uh, space, but, you know, at a, at a velocity that's probably 200 times greater, <laughs> a little yeah. piece that's, you know, maybe two, you know, an inch and those pieces is just cause huge problems for uh, satellites that are up there. And, you know, you know, of course, you know, there, that problem, I have friends of mine, like, Dr. Moriba Ja, you know, he's a, he's an astrodynamics expert. You know, works for uh, works for the, the University of, of Texas. He's dealing. He's you know he's running their you know the astro programs and working with Air for many years. He's a he's a John. He's dealing with that kind of thing, which I will actually would love to for him to come and do a a, a talk with you guys because. He's really brilliant. He will be able to break that stuff down. To like I said, I like to surround myself with experts, and I, I try to get sponge. But you know, I have I have my limits, like we all do. You know, I humbly just learn everything about everything I can. But that big problem with Russian space this has been a problem that's never going to go away. So, uh, and you know, their tiny in their their tiny relations with China is also a problem. They're they're asserting themselves um, as they've always have. And we need to find ways to mitigate their aggressiveness uh, in space and, and to make sure that, you know, they get sanctioned for things that they're doing because they're, you know, right now it, it, that, that's a big problem that they caused. But they, this is not nothing new for, for Russia, right? So Putin is a bold, is a bold leader. You know, he's, 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 uh, he's, ch he's always challenging the United States of America and we're here to control him. You know, well, uh, this is going to be an interesting ten years of developments. On, you know, if we, we we have to get this right against Russia, against China, Iran, and you know the, the smaller states that you know they they got to they got to pick the right sides. And strategic alliances globally is going to be very very important to accountability. I mean, it comes down to accountability. It comes it comes down to you know uh, uh, superior excellency. And deterrence of war, because you know we have we all have really really powerful weapons. So the character of war has changed, and um, we are here to make sure that it uh, you know the Armageddon doesn't happen. I mean, some of the things that we're looking at are just so disruptive, you know. But yeah, the, that's a uh, that's a that's a that's a, a space foul. But I, I you know I, I, I we're not surprised uh, with Russia. You know, you talk about the metaverse. Tell me what that is and what does it mean for space commerce? Well, imagine the internet and then you're turning everything where you can actually go in the metaverse, which is a virtual reality, you know, you create. So what they're doing is they're creating all these virtual worlds and imagine creating those virtual worlds where you can you can buy and trade whatever you're trading on the internet, but you're, you're having an interactive relationship with those tokens or with those people inside so you're creating uh, many different worlds so reality becomes virtual reality and becomes just like the commerce so they're talking about the multi-trillion dollar opportunities it really is because you know it's like you know it's using a, a it's using all the technologies that we're that we're bringing into the pentagon 
and converted them, you know, uh, artificial intelligence, you got AR, VR, you know, Internet of Things, you have, you know, the, um, and, and, and what's, the, what's the big one, the, the blockchain. So there's, there's so many different types of technologies that are going to be meshing together that you're going to be basically putting on a headset and going into, a, you know, just like gaming and simulations, you're going to go into another world. And that's where it's going to get tricky because it's fun and it's very it's very cool, but it's also there's got to be a limit and control of that. Of course, that's going to be like a world where oh, hey guys, let's go to uh, uh, with the family, right? So instead of going to Italy, you're going to go to you know the, another universe where you're going to go in with your family, you're going to travel, and you're going on vacation to buy and shop, and that world is going to be made out for you. But people are building that world. So maybe they're building another Earth-like planet where it's going to be commercialized. So it's going to be just like traveling to that place. And it's really, it's really interesting because you're going to be in these worlds and it's going to be so real that you're not going to know where, you know, you might just want to stay there and you're sitting there, you know, you're sitting there like in your trance, you're, you're traveling, right? You're traveling with your mind because everything is going to be brain machine interface. <laughs> so it's like we're going into the unknown you know you, you might find you know you might you might love it so much you know you, you know you might create you know some people won't be so creative they'll create you know a heaven but what is heaven is is heaven is, is, is heaven you know i'm catholic you know and you know and i believe in heaven and earth right so when you start talking about these kind of things we're starting to blur the lines you know like oh maybe there's I can create a, par a paradigm, you know, a paradigm shift in, you know, going, creating a, a, a heaven or, or a hell and to see what that would look like. But I don't know. I, I think it's exciting times, but it's also unknown how it's going to affect the, uh, the human uh, species. Um, it, it sounds like almost like it sounds almost like you're describing the Matrix. Well, it is the Matrix, really. The movies that come out, they become reality, you know, further down the line. So we're not too far off from the Matrix. Actually, there was there's some bands out there right now with, you know, we have, uh, you know, the, the, the um, we have SpaceX and, and, and what they're doing with Neuralink. You know, there's other companies that are getting, they're starting doing the testing on, on, on those on those machine machine interfaces where because you know we have you know we have our brain is basically a, 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 a transitor right so mm -hmm. all the information that comes in it's gonna it's gonna go into this new phase where instead of having digital you know the 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 super iphone just you know the revolutionary technology in our hands plugged in it's gonna be brain machine interface and then it's gonna go into these other you know ar vr you know worlds that really are gonna be yeah, everything is going to change in the next 10 years. And this is one of the big things, you know, talking about the metaverse. It's really happening. It's the matrix. So yeah, the matrix is more like, oh, my God, it's, you know, it's like, it's like extra, you know, the fighting, all that stuff, which maybe, you know, we'll get to that. But it's more going to be like, you know, kind of like, you know, the gaming that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. You know, you go in, you play. And then there's just they're just taking that to, to kind of like the next level, I think. And I try to stay away with it because I'm too busy. I'm not want to go in there. But I have, <laughs> I have scientists that are going in there with their AIs, right? And they're doing tra trips and they're solving problems that in the metaverse <clears throat> that are so far advanced that I'm like, I'm like, we are, you know, we're 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 coming close to something very very big. And you know, there's a lot of names for that. So we, we have to control that because it's dangerous. And uh, but the universe and right now the as we expand into space. Mar, you know, lunar, Mar, Mars, and inter going into interstellar, 
2050, I mean, 2030, 2040, I think between 2030 and 2040, I think everything's going to look very different. Even by 2030, things are very, very, very different. Flying and we're going to talk about that. At, you know, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, I want you to talk a little bit about your involvement with the Stellar Modal Transportation Association and how does that relate to the DTEP? Yes. So um, as we were saying earlier, um, my, my blessing are my strategic alliances that I make. So when I when I met the Stellar Modal, uh, you know, I spoke to John and I got introduced to the group. They're absolutely a phenomenal group for what is going to be happening in space for their transportation and for their for, for the and for the future economy of transportation in space. Directly related into what the DTIP does for the Pentagon is actually directly in relation with what John is doing for the space economy. We're just we're bridging we're bridging we're we're connecting the dots. So my my strengths are my associations and my strategic alliances. He's one of them. So you know we work with a lot of different other groups with that have specifics on certain types of uh, 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 you know commerce capabilities. Uh, you know IT agile. You know uh, some are focusing on best practices for acquisition. Some are are, are doing you know energetics. Some are uh, you know the, the doing education reskilling. It's really so broad that the more that I can bring in, the, the stronger I become because I can propose anything to the OSD policy, and then we can literally pick out our our, our you know our our space force, the air force, the army, the navy. ODNI, NATO, Organization of American States are close allies. And then we can basically, the more information revolves around our allies and those groups, depending on the capability that we want to, some just, you know, doesn't even make it out to some groups. So it's just a way of just, a, it's a marketplace where we created where senior leaderships really understand what we did. The same thing with Stellar Model, they can basically bring in, as I can bring opportunities with our capabilities through them, and the more that they know about what I know and the more uh, business and commerce that we can make with, with Space Force, to me, that's easy bridge into Space Force or into the Air Force, right? Because it's, it, it's basically almost kind of the same thing. And all those capabilities, I think that's going to be a big, a, a huge uh, a paradigm shift in how we're moving around the globe, you know, with the, with the, with the, with the transportation. Mm -hmm. The times are down to, you know, the, within hours, you know, within, within, you know, we could be traveling you know, space, you know, SpaceX is doing one hour uh, across the world. So that's, that, that has, that's basically plugs right in, you know, NASA and, you know, they, and, they, you know, FAA, you know, Department of Transportation. So you have to connect all the dots, the policy, the governance, and then the technology advancements is really, you know, you know, it's really the awareness and your Congress policy. So it's all interrelated. Everything that we do, it's not just, oh, we have this one technology focus area. We need to break this down. There's too much information out there that we that we need to keep up. And it's not like we're trying to cover everything. We're just trying to raise awareness. The senior leadership in in, in, in land, sea, space, cyberspace, and and, and beyond, <laughs> and beyond. You've done this a little bit already, but I want you to look into your crystal ball and tell us what you see on the horizon for space commerce in the next ten to fifteen years. Well, now we have uh, we have the advent of the of the of the cryptocurrency and and um, you know the digitized economy. I think I think we're going towards a decentralized system economy. So that means that we're gonna you know if we can if we can create values like blockchain uh, like Bitcoin, 
And, you know, you see all these coins are popping up. Right now, you, you're trying to, you know, this, well, we're, we're trying. The world is, we're, is going towards, because of the internet and the interchanges that are made so easy with, you know, these, uh, the, the, these tokens and these uh, NFTs and all of these uh, cyber, cyber currencies. The way that the, this is really a gaming revolution. Because you're able to, you know, you're playing a game and you're trading uh, a money internally on, 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 you know, you're buying and trading things, kind of like the barter system. In between, I think it's we're going to go back towards that because of the because it's going to be more of a decentralized system. Now it's a policy issue because the banks won't control everything of that. So I think there's going to be there's going to be a transformation, but it's we're still a little bit like. You know, we're fighting against the system, right? Because it's status quo versus what it, I see the future is the space economy being driven by, you know, the the crypto asset, and and, and even going back to a barter system that's really advanced and visualized, um, and and, and you know, trying to take away, you know, really the, the the I think the 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 more the understanding what our our, our online digital twin looks like as a, an identity of everything that we are our data. Everything is is the data is gonna is driving everything that we're doing. So that data that is created online or in space is gonna be like our 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 our, our print. And we have to really look at those. Um, you know, we have a lot of ethical issues on 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 protection of you know privacy and data. So that's a, that that's gonna be kind of the next couple of years. That's gonna be a big thing. You know, with the with the privacy issues and. How do we? How do we? How do we go ahead and, and make sure that that people are not, you know, uh, uh, losing their identity online and all that good stuff? Because it, with all this metaverse, with all the stuff that's happening, with all this uh, convergence of technologies, that's those are things that uh, the internet had created, but they didn't think about it. So they were, you know, we created this incredible thing, incredible internet, incredible opportunities if we were to get rich. But you know, then you you know you're 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 not thinking about the individual. So we're going to go towards, you know, we're really going to start having those 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 kind of conflicts which we're having right now. How's Facebook? How's LinkedIn using your personal data? You know, all, all that stuff. It, it needs to be ironed out at the at the uh, you know at the policy and governance level. So once you start, you know, Europe is a little bit ahead of that with the G, with the G, D, GDPR, uh, you know, uh, privacy rules. And regulations, we have to go towards that, and I'm surprised that you know we are we are still not there with that. So people, are, you know, we're starting to understand that it's extremely important. And so for the future, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be exactly that. I see I see the us going faster outside into the into you know exploring more planets, you know, creating a circular economy. You know, we're going to see space, uh, um, we're going to see space uh, hotels and, you know, lunar bases pop up, you know, and that's where, you know, the contention is going to be, you know, who's kind of claiming this first. We're going to see, we're going to see some friction going. I hope that we get so powerful with uh, our deterrence that we can just kind of work together, right? And that's, that's what our goal is at the end of the day for space. But that's where I see it. I see, I, I, I'm hoping for a peaceful, uh, a peaceful, you know, coexistence up there, exploring. There's plenty of space out there, you know, sure. to, to count and share. Nino, we are out of time and I've left questions on the table. So I hope you'll come back and join us again sometime. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. 
Nino Marcantonio is founder and deputy director of the Defense Technology Innovation Program, and that's going to do it for this edition of the Xterra podcast. You can subscribe to the audio version of the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other popular podcasting platforms. Be sure to click on subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode of the podcast or any of our other videos. You can always get daily news as well at xterrajsc.com. And one thing more, be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us on Twitter at XteraJSC. Until next time, I'm Tom Patton. Thanks for joining us.